want to set the table a little bit here for our, our Trader League po- uh, podcast tonight. That uh, opening auto, audio uh, interview you had was a clip from Modern Day Coach Bruce Rollinson. And we're going to end the show with um, some comments from Jalen Cole, the cornerback from Modern Day as a Montana State uh, commit senior, had a big interception uh, in the game that uh, led to the winning touchdown for Modern Day in that game was scored by Jacoby Harper. Well, it was Jalen Cole's uh, interception um, on St. John Bosco's side of the field that set up that winning touchdown. So there's some audio to um, credits, but uh, as we do each week, we're going to review and give out our grades from the previous week, and then we'll move on to our previews for these games coming up on October 27th, which is the St. John Bosco J. Sarah game, and then we have two games on Friday, October 28th. So, uh, Scotty, what's uh, what was your grades you gave out to Modern Day and St. John Bosco? It was a uh, Modern Day victory over at Cerritos College. It was 26-21. St. John Bosco had a slight lead at halftime. Modern Day scored twice in the fourth quarter. How did it go down for Scott Barajas uh, in his grade book? I gave uh, Modern Day a B minus, and I gave Bosco a B. Uh, okay. Uh, wow. The offense, the offense was kind of like stagnant, you know, but this, the defense was stellar, and the special teams were excellent. So it kind of averaged out to a close to to, the, to that B minus. Um, but you know, what can we say? You know, they had the, you know, these were the two heavyweights that went at it, you know. But MB came away with the with the close win. Um, but I want to revisit, you know, the keys for this real quick. You yes. Know, we said that Bosco was going to have to to run the ball and be dominant, which they were. We saw the we said modern day special teams were going to have to play a factor, and they were so superior that it, and then Bosco yes. they were. We said Modern Day was going to have to make Real Mitchell be a passer, and they did in the second half. So those all three keys, every team hit their keys. So you know, it, you know, it just came down to you know that you know in the first half, Bosco dominated you know the line of scrimmage with their run game, and they put pressure on on Modern Day with their three and four man fronts, and they did not have the blitz, which made it challenging for JT. They were dropping eight seven guys in coverage and having taken away every throw um but it was the bosco linebackers you know poyer and tuatasi that yeah. made every tackle i mean they made that one-on-one tackle in the open field on those short passes to shakobi harper and if they don't make that tackle he's got 20 25 yards easy before anybody anybody uh yep. gets him and they they were they, they modern day had i think three or four of them that were stopped um, you know, but then the second half was a different story where the adjustments came, you know, came playing and, you know, modern day outscored them 20 to seven sparked by, uh, the 75 yard pump return by, uh, Amon Brown, uh, Amon, Amon St. Brown. And there were a bunch of nice blocks, you know, everyone was looking for the flags, but you know, right. you know, it was, it was all, you know, clean and, you know, uh, and then the defense, you know, set the tone. You know, they bent, but they didn't break. They slowed down Bosco. Um, they got the ball back, and I guess they, you know, they scored to cut the lead down. Uh, and then the next possession, I think mean, Jalen Cole makes that great interception where he was 
covering his outside guy. And he yes. dove into the play yeah. um, where Real thought he could try to squeeze it downfield, and he just didn't get it, get enough air on the ball. And uh, Jalen comes away with that pick, and then Modern Day scores to go on the tw- uh, go on top 26-21 with eight minutes left. And eight minutes left is a long yes. time, you know. And so we thought, you know, what was going to happen? He was going to come down to the wire. But Modern Day's defense still kept stopping Bosco and, you know, you know, forcing Mitchell actually to throw the ball. He wasn't getting his yards as much as he was before. He was 5 of 9 in the first three quarters, but was held to 28 yards passing on 2 of 9 in the, in the second half. And, um, you know, the defense, you know, was, you know, making Bosco – you know, feed the ball downfield and ultimately turning the ball over on downs, you know, and um, we also have to, you know, got to give a shout out to the stellar performance from their, you know, you know, Chase McGrath and Stonehouse. Yeah. Stonehouse continually, you know, put Bosco in the uh, starting field position, which was inside the 10 on four punts and then McGrath connected on you know two first half field goals and nailed every kick in the end zone so special teams was huge as they overcame the lack of offensive production and the penalties um in this game and you know which ended up being the difference in the game for the win for the Monarchs yeah well I gave I gave Modern an A uh I give an A for their special teams you know I uh, give them A for their defense uh, you know, really uh, rising to the occasion on those last two drives. You know, after they scored, after the Harper run, Bosco had two possessions. One ended with a huge hit on a screen pass by Sal Aguilar, the linebacker, outside linebacker, who had a really good game. And I, I kind of thought that Bosco tried to stay a little bit away from Sal Aguilar his side. They did not attack him very much and when he they did go to his side Sal really played well and that was a gigantic hit he had on the second to last drive and it was their delay screen pass that he blew up and that was one that I think Tuatasi had done similar earlier in the game and blew up a big modern day screen pass so Sal brought it right back and then Xavier Bell broke up the last pass and it was on the same drive. Good for Xavier here. You know, all the modern days, were, they're playing tough. They, they racked up a ton of penalties. So I guess I should give them like an A- minus maybe because they did rack up a lot of penalties. But uh, Xavier Bell, safety, he had a penalty, I think, for a late hit on the last drive. But then he, he amended it, um, re, you know, redeemed himself and broke up the last pass. Um, he was very good and physical. Um you know, and he didn't miss many tackles coming up, and he he really tried to enforce, and he was part of some big collisions, and he played with a lot of heart. And uh, I'll give it, you know, give an A for uh, modern day running the ball at the end. Um, I think a big spark that you know can't, you know, and, and I was impressed with the Harper was just a sophomore, um, and I, I remember watching him with you last year against uh, Fountain Valley in a scrimmage, thinking, who's this little guy? This guy can really turn it over and motor. He's going to be something special. I, I, and I thought about him, and I thought, you know, he reminds me of uh, the Centennial uh, Corona running back um, that uh, 
turned out to be so good the last couple years. Um, you can remind me of his name here in a second, but he, I think he's going to be just like that, that, that kid. Um, but uh, that that was my grade. I gave I gave Bosco a uh, a B plus. But tell me a little reactions to who's the Centennial re, re, running back? I'm forgetting, Scotty. Uh, J Taylor. Yeah, J J Taylor. Yeah, he was very very quick. Jacoby hits. You know, he gives him the ball and he's already at full speed when he has the ball. Um, and he's about the same stature. Yep. Um. So. J J Taylor. Yeah. He, but um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I mean, you have some great points there. Um, you know, I, one thing that I noticed in you know that in the game, um, and, and we were talking about it a little bit. And I was talking about it earlier is that um, that some of the uh, penalties, you know, you know, they, they didn't come back to haunt them, haunt them as much as we thought, but they did change the, the game early in the first half. Um, I yeah. know there was one call. That was a ticky tack holding call. I we watched the broadcast, and there was a ticky tack holding call. The first touchdown to Osiris. You, you know, JT gets rid of the ball, and then Tom, you know, uh, you know, the lineman was the guy's jersey at the last minute. It was, a, you know, so yeah, you know, most of the time they let those kind of go, but then that kind of set the precedent for all the rest of the rest of them. And then, and then earlier, later on, Amon Ra makes that nice catch. And toe taps, but with no instant replay, it was a bang bang call. So they called them incomplete. And otherwise, they would have put modern day down on them, you know, the one yard line. So you know, those are two, you know, two plays that kind of that kind of you know maybe you know changed the dynamics of the of uh, you know the first half. But you, you can't take anything away from Jacob Collier. I mean, he was a monster. He it was just you know. They just couldn't stop him, and nobody has really stopped him all, all yeah. long. So he was a force, and he was—you know—both of us picked him as defensive player of the year in the Trinity League. Yeah, we'll see if that holds up. You know, I'm sure Modern Day, you know, will respect him perhaps in the voting. Maybe he'll win some different award. I mean, the high tackle guy for Modern Day, I think it was uh, Nathan Logalel uh, Logal. Leo, Leo, yeah. yeah, I think he was the high man. He impressed me. Obviously, um, Jalen Cole's interception will probably long live in modern day lore. Uh, you know, he's been a high-profile kid there because he's been a starter at a uh, at such a you know sophomore year. It's pretty tough for sophomores to break through at a prime prime school like modern day, but he did, um, and. You know he, you know he 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 came up clutch, and um, I, that's what you want. That's what those guys are supposed to. You know, you hope that they do. Your seniors that have all that experience, that are talented players, you hope they can come up with some clutch plays. Um, you know, uh, Osiris diving in, that was clutch. They needed. I mean, that's what it took. You need some somebody's. You know, Jalen, he made a diving interception. Great insight by yourself. Um, Osiris dove in. You return a punt return 75 yards. The, the guys have got to make plays in these stalemate type games. Somebody's you gotta you gotta dive. You you've gotta leap over defenders. You gotta pull something out of your bag of tricks. Like Jalen knows to get off his guy and go in the middle. You gotta have something different uh, if you want to beat Bosco. It just it's not gonna come with the regular ordinary plays. 
Exactly, exactly. And, and, and to make another point, that's what Bosco was doing. And when they were running most, like 90% of their, their runs were to Wyatt Davis, which was opposite of Ike. Yeah. So yeah, I noticed you had made that comment. There, that's, that's true. That was the side they were going. They were which yeah. had Roman Roman Confensis and uh, Kevin yeah. Vu on that side, and and um, and he was just mowing down people. So you got to go with your guys to win these games. It didn't seem like did modern modern day's defense didn't they kind of did they seems like they kind of played that side kind of straight up with Roman there. And then one thing, and maybe you've seen it more than me. And I'll give Roman. He had an interception. He he had a strong game, and um, he's a tough guy. And he's matched up with, with on the on the quarterback draw. Real Mitchell's coming right at him or to the sideline, and he's one of the fastest kids in the state. It's going to be really tough. But here's one thing I saw was amazing on Roman. There was one time on second down or something he makes a, makes a tackle, and. And as soon as that plays over, Bosco's in third and long, and Roman is immediately, I mean, immediately heads back to safety. So he's playing, and, you know, he's doing a lot where he's, um, you know, he's, he's he, you know, as an interception, he, was, he picked up a running back out of the backfield. He's playing the edge against Real Mitchell, and then he's going back to safety on third and long. So modern day, probably more than anybody on their defense, they're asking that kid to do a lot. They, I mean, I just mentioned three different, very dramatic. I mean, three or four radically different things they want that kid to do. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, he had to go back at safety because they lost Toller um, early in the game. He had dislocated a, a okay. finger, and um, so he was he was actually done. Like I think three plays into the game, so he was out. So I think that's why Roman had to go back to safety. And if you saw Amon Ra play some defense, he came in to play some of that nickel and that that dime. Um, so you know they were having him. You know you got to you know play your best, like we said. So yeah, that was that was interesting. That was I mean there's another thing. I mean I know uh, Coach Rollinson has talked about. You know, they like Almond Ra a lot, and they think he could be an outstanding defensive back and that he does play some defensive back in practices. And they they actually subs at one point. Um, modern day made a straight switch. Uh, Quentin Lake, UCLA commit, you're off at <laughs> corner. They took him out, and maybe he was not feeling great, wasn't playing that great, whatever. But they gave Quentin Lake two two or three plays off, and they put Amon Ra right in, and uh, and then Amon Ra was looking like maybe he's hobbling around, and he looked a little tight at times, and um, and then Amon Ra was off, and um, but you know those penalties, they modern day has to watch those because you know um, they they got to keep their composure. It's something that you touched on about the Trinity League. Um, you can't, in those big games, you can't help those drives that they did. They they spurred on some drives of Bosco. Um, and some of them were maybe strategic penalties that they took, okay. But you want to play a little bit cleaner than that. Um, you got to watch, um, you know, there was a modern-day player that, you know, they got to, you know, they're handing the balls. Maybe you don't hand the ball out of bounds to a coach. You know, give it to the referee. Don't give it to the opposing player. 
and it's tough. It's you know it's a physical, emotional game, and you know these high school kids. So you you know they're not pros. Even the pros do this some of this stuff, but and it's an intense game. But you just gotta watch it a little bit because you could run into a uh, a well-oiled machine team like if Centennial. You're going to find a team out there that's not going to do any of that stuff, and you, you could. You could run into a team that will make you pay for that, and you want to be careful that if you have to, if you have to play tighter, then you need to be able to do that and not you know, get beat. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, those are, those are the things, the mental mistakes that you have to uh, uh, account for and, uh, and not make and, and just... But I think that you know when you're when when these tough games or when these physical games happen, and sometimes it's hard for for physical, aggressive teams to you know pull the reins back a bit. But yeah, you know that's why it comes with the territory. So. Yeah, exactly. And I think and I think and Rollinson knows his guys so well, and um, they're playing so hard. And it's just uh, finding that balance if you can find it out. Um, but hey, no team's perfect, that's for sure. But right now, Modern Day's record's perfect because they're now eight and zero. They're number one in division um, in one. They're number one in Orange County. They're three and zero in league. And now Bosco, they're six and two overall. They also have the loss to Bishop Gorman. And now they're two and one, and they're tied for um, second place with uh, Orange Lutheran in league. Uh, at uh, Orange Lutheran is also two and one. Hey, as we do a little bit of our recap from last week, let's hit a couple more games here. Scotty, uh, another great game on Friday was Orange Lutheran 49-42. What was your thoughts on this game and your grades? Um, I gave Servite a C and I gave Olu a B. Um, you know, this one had, you know, had the makings of another crazy Trinity League finish, um, but it turned out to be the defense, the heroics of uh, Brandon McKinney, yep. um, who ended up being the difference as he returned two picks for scores, <laughs> and then the Lancers intercepted Tyler Lytle for four interceptions total, um, and, uh, you know, that ended up ultimately being the difference in the 49-42, you know, win, you know, and then Olu gets, gets 230, 234 yards rushing from, from, uh, Dominic Austin, yes. you know, led the offense. Cause Helensky didn't, you know, he threw three picks and, you know, he didn't, he, you know, kind of the, the, the passing kind of had lulled a bit. Um, but then, uh, you know, and then, you know, Servite, you know, Lytle, you know, he ended up, you know, having those four picks, but, one of them actually was a, a bobble by his receiver and, and, and you know, yeah. McKinney snatched and took it for a score. And, yeah. um, and then he had an 80-yarder to to uh, Ford, you know, but, but what was, you know, perplexing towards the end was that, um, you know, Servite was down seven with under a minute or so and um, Servite's choice of play calling I, I don't know had to be desired because they ran the ball a couple of times and then they ran a double reverse you know and it was eating clock you know and then I guess they showed you know I don't know if they, if they lost confidence in Lytle you know maybe with the four picks I, you know I don't know it was just a strange terms of events um, those last couple of minutes um, without you know attempting passes to get down down the field quickly um you know so 
And then, you know, I, uh, other than, you know, other than um, uh, Lionel with those big numbers, I think, you know, Ford had another solid game with eight catches for 147. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's again, Servite, it was the, it's, it's the Servite that we've come to know. You know, one week they show up, then the next week, you know, it's just, it's just odd. It's like you don't know who's going to be there at, at, at the end, so... Yeah, and that's that's going to be concerning. Where you know, uh, Servite, you know, they're four and four, one and two, and there's you know, in one and two in the league, four and four overall. So yeah, that points that record, you know, it goes right to your point, Scotty. And then for Servite to get that, you know, you know, could be magical number of 500 overall to be eligible for the playoffs. We're going to have to keep working on the playoff scenarios because I've kind of heard different things about this 500 situation. Um, you know, maybe they'll take in some teams that aren't 500 to fill out the bracket, but um, I'm not sure about that. But to be 500, you know, they're going to have to win one of their next two games. And uh, they, you know, they play obviously play modern day uh, this week. So, um, but, uh, you know, that's interesting about. Um, you know, you know the thing too. It's got to. So, what were your grades uh, then, Scotty? Uh, I, I said, sir, I gave a C and I gave uh, That's right. Olu a B. C and Olu a B. Um, and I think those are those are right on. I'm actually I'm gonna give uh, gonna give uh, Orange Lutheran a B plus, and I will give Survey a C. Um, but you know, it's it's got to be. You, you know, you've had a tough tough week at the office if uh the team that you just played uh, you know poor friars if, if the team that you just played beat you and both of their that both of their two of their players win oc register offense and defensive player of the week it's it's been a tough week for you yeah yeah i saw that when i was like wow that's kind of stings <laughs> so um but, you know, yeah, Tyler Lytle, 21 of 35, four picks, three interceptions, 300 yards. The thing I also think is concerning for Servite, it's interesting that you mentioned the run game there, uh, Scotty. It was good, good observation because we have been talking. This is three weeks in a row now. Uh, and like you've mentioned, too, Servite, they're not strong at running the ball, especially in the Trina League. They're, they 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 their, their numbers are really, really down low. Um, I mean, they must have, they, they really haven't run the ball well and, and at all. And I can't see them running the ball well against modern day. We'll talk about that game. But um, big victory for Orange Lutheran, you know. And Brandon McKinney also got the job done in offense. He's uh, caught a touchdown pass. And um, like we said, Dominic Austin's had a great, you know, all-county type year. And we'll see how they finish out, uh, the Lancers. Um the other game, which got somebody on the win column, that was Jay Sarah. What do you go? Um, what's your thoughts on this one? Jay Sarah, 27, Santa Margarita, 21. So that's what got Jay Sarah's first um, league victory. They're one and two in league. Now they're five and three overall. So Jay Sarah, even if they lose their last two games, Jay Sarah will finish 500. What was your grades on this game, Scotty? Uh, I gave Jay Sarah B, B, and I gave nice. Santa Margarita a C plus. C plus, okay. And um, yeah, this you know, like I said, Jay Sarah kept its you know playoffs hopes alive. Um, winning with this one, you know, the loss for Santa Margarita, you know, puts them to four and four, you know, and it makes must wins 
you know, for them coming down down the line. But it looks like a lot of, like we had talked about, it looks like a lot of the Trinity League teams will get in, but you never can be certain. Um, you know, this one wasn't a barn burner. You know, Jay Sarah had to, you know, came from behind. You know, they were down 14-13 at half. Right. Um, Jay Sarah didn't particularly get a strong game from Robinson. He was 9 of 24 passing, 109. I think that's the lowest I've ever seen him. You know, his numbers, I don't think he's ever been, you know, the percentage that low or, you know, have that lack of production. He's he's pretty spot on. Um, um, you know, but Jay Sarah's defense came away with three defensive scores. And, um, you know, for Santa Margarita, um, they uh, they got a big game from Calcaterra. Like I said, yes. I said he would have a big yeah. game, and he did. He, he caught, right. caught six balls, but they were for big gains, 194. But it just wasn't enough, um, you know, for the Eagles to sustain. Yeah, you know, I checked out the stats on Max Preps on um, on Robinson, and they actually had a little bit better. But to your point, he was 13 of 27 for 48% completion percentage, so under 50%. And, yeah, that's not like Matt Robinson. And they gave him 158. Robinson did run for 71. Uh, Nick Callen chipped in 80 uh, 80 yards rushing for Jay Sarah. Um, but so they ran for, you know, about 186 as a team, pass it for 158. Um, pre- a little bit predominantly more for more uh, rushing for Jay Sarah at this point, but yeah, their defense was was big, um, and uh, yeah, for Santa Margarita, yeah, Calcaterra seven for two twenty five, um, two touchdowns yeah. for Grant Calcaterra, um, but after that, they're not getting a lot of other receivers um, contributions. So, but that was a big victory for for Jay for uh, Jay Sarah, you know, and you, you start to think about Scotty, how big. Would it could have been for Jay Sarah if they would have won that overtime game to open league against um, Orange Lutheran? I mean, that would have put Jay Sarah at two and one right now. Do you ever think about that? Yeah, and that's you know that's the interesting thing because it changes the dynamics of of these games how here and there. And I mean, pretty much like you said, Old Lou is pretty much in the driver's seat. But but now with that with the with that win. It, it, you know, but it's still, it's still, but Jay's game still would have to, you know, still has to, you know, these next two games, they have yeah. modern day and, and Bosco. So, you know, that's what was huge because they, um, you know, get the two giants at the end. Yeah. That's going to be interesting how, how Jay Sarah and their young, their young talent, their young roster, and their kind of, you know, small roster size wise, uh, numbers wise, how that holds up in those last two games. Well, let's let's talk about this week's games. So we got to keep it right here with the, with with Jay Sarah and the Lions on Thursday, uh, October twenty seventh. St. John Bosco comes to town, piping mad after losing a modern day. They, you know, they'd won 23 consecutive Trinity League games, which is uh, the Braves. That was a record in the Trinity League. Um, that streak's over. Their first game out on a Thursday, short week. They're going down to Saddleback College, seven o'clock kickoff, taking on Jay Sarah. You got to think that this is a tough place. You don't, you don't, for the the Lions to be playing the Braves after they just lost and. Um, 
you know, they got to be upset. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, the question here is, does Bosco bounce back, you know, you know, with the sting of defeat? Does that play a big part in this game? Um, I don't think so. I, I, I think if it's Olu, it's a different story. I think that's a very interesting matchup, and it's too bad that it doesn't happen this week rather than the following week um, because I think, you know, you kick Bosco at a time where they're reeling and then, you know, Olu's, you know, were they hitting their offensive stride? Um, you know, so that that's, you know, would have been an interesting matchup. And I almost thought that, you know, I started doing, when I started doing the previews, I started writing for that. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's the following week. So, yeah. um, but I can't see Jay Sarah staying with Bosco for four quarters, you know, unless Bosco is really, you know, has cashed it in, which, you know, and the, I don't think, you know, a good teams like that's gonna, you know, I know, you know, you know, no one wants to lose, you know, the twenty twenty three game winning streak, and then now you've you've kind of changed the seating. Now you're in, you know, you're the two three seed instead of the one. Um, it's kind of, you know, you know, you know who, you know, how are they gonna respond? They're not, they haven't been in that kind of position before, so it's gonna be interesting. Um, but um, you know, Jay Sarah's, you know has had to, um, you know, battle a beaten down Santa Margarita team to win last week's game, um, you know, and, and in years past, other than last year, Jay Sarah's played Bosco pretty tough. I think yeah. the past two games, they've had high-scoring games. I don't know if that's going to happen again this time, but, you know, sometimes some teams, you know, rise up to get certain teams. Um so, you know, we'll have to see. But I think, you know, the Braves are going to take their frustrations out on the Lions for the win on this one. Yeah, I think I, I, I would – and I also will pick the uh, St. John Bosco to win this game. Um, I, I, you know, I wonder, you know, with the combination of if, if running the ball, Jay Sarah running the ball with Robinson, Nick Callian, they, they're, they're going to fe- feature Riley O'Brien. You wonder how – and then with some successful short passing attack, um, you know they're not going to want to. You know, you know they're gonna they're they're gonna as we saw with St. John Bosco, you're gonna want to get the ball rid of the ball quick because uh, they they got a strong push. You got Jacob Callier coming at you. You got to get rid of the ball. So with a short passing attack, some diversified um, running attack, maybe some trick plays, maybe Jay Sarah can keep the ball away from Bosco for a while. But on the flip side. I don't know uh, where where Jay Sarah has the speed at. I mean, nobody has the speed uh, to deal with Real Mitchell. Um, but you wonder how their secondary is going to hold up. You know, Terrell Bynum, Berkeley Holman looked pretty good at times, especially in the first half against Modern Day. Um, you know, and you wonder about the two-way play. You know, that some of the depth of Jay Sarah. What do you, What do you think about Jay Sarah's defense? I mean, how are they going to contend with with Bosco? Yeah, it, you know, what I see is that Bosco's going to go back to what they've done, and that's just run the two backs. And and I don't think you know Jay Sarah's going to be able to to match up front. I mean, like I said, modern day. 
bend but don't didn't break. They didn't get really hurt that with the with the two running backs going up the middle. They never broke anything. I think they had longs of 15 and 10, 15 for the yeah. one touchdown and then 10 for the other touchdown. And they pretty much you know kind of contained them. And Mitchell got all his yards on the outside. And Mitchell really hasn't done that he's done that maybe once or twice for big scores but by then they're already up so he doesn't need to carry the ball but he had to do that he had to carry the ball more in the modern eight game so you know i don't think you know they're gonna they'll sprinkle in the pass you know here and there they'll he'll hit the big play with the to the receivers and you know they'll get a few catches here and there but i think they stay they go back to what the way they've been winning all their games, so um, I, you know, I can't see you know, you know, you know, Jay Sarah's doing really much on you know on defense. Um, you know, we'll see if those young those young you know defensive linemen, you know, if they're able to to control you know Boswell's offensive front. I mean, Modern Day had a you know had a hard time doing it. So I, you know, I'm just not sure if if you know, sophomores and juniors can can actually you know make that happen. Yeah, you know when Tommy Brown is being pushed to limit, I thought Tommy was admirable and tough, but there were some times that he had a tough time too. I think I mean uh, against Collier, and I think I mean he's that good. Um, what did you think of that matchup uh, at times? I, I I thought Tommy was pretty darn good at times and and had his moments as well. I think. I think it would kind of went back and forth. I, that's what I thought. I mean, what happened was is I think he got really hurt on either big plays that mattered, either whether it would be a penalty or you know or a sack that that was noticeable. So I think that's why you know people you know took notice more to it um, than than if it was during the regular game because like you said during the regular if you watch him maybe throughout the game you know yeah. you know he got some you know he did all right you know he held his own he was aggressive but i think you know he got you know hit for three penalties and then i think you know um you know and they took away the one touchdown right. um, i think jt got sacked once or on you know so you know add those up and that's for an offensive lineman that's you know yeah. you're on spotlight you know so right. um it just was it just happened to go that way instead of you know yeah you know the positive form so you know the other thing the last thing i'll touch on this game is uh i think it was uh well demetrius flowers was back for st john bosco number five running well and tough but I think Terrence Beasley, he kind of got banged up a little bit, and so you wonder how I wonder how Bosco does come out of that game, where they already had a couple injuries. They they were down a D tackle. I think they were down a a uh, help um, uh, some depth in the secondary. But modern day uh, did put a lot of hits on those guys, including. Um, uh, um, including Real Mitchell, and Beasley took shots, and so did Flowers, maybe, probably Beasley more, uh, and, and Real Mitchell definitely took some shots. What are, I, I, would be, I wouldn't be surprised if perhaps if, if Bosco said, hey, we've got to get Terrence Beasley healthy, and, you know, I don't know if, uh, I mean, I think Real's okay, but he took some shots at the end of that game too. Yeah, I mean, you know, 
it, this time of year is tough because everybody's de- you know everybody's playing with with guys down and yeah. guys injured. Um, you were you hit it on the nail. I they were out their free safety Blaylock. They were actually out two alignment on the offensive line, um, and Beasley did return though he did he didn't. You know, I think I heard it was it was a shoulder and not a knee, but I know there was a couple of times he went down. You know, with the with the, you know, they looked at his knee, but I think you know, um, he'll they should be okay. Um, Flowers, you know, they did take hits. I think Mitchell did take hits, but I don't, you know, I don't think they, you know, they sit this one out. Um, but um, you know, the the one key note that. The, the player that replaced, um, or one of the players that replaced Blaylock was former G. Sarah player Jake Bailey. Okay. So, you know, so him and Kobe um, Bowman, you know, got again. I don't know if he got in in this game or not, but um, the receiver, but um, but Bailey played, you know, played a lot in that defensive secondary, um, and I don't think he had played. Much, I mean, he got clearance. I think the, the week before or a couple of weeks, but I think this was his his most substantial playing time. So he was part of that secondary that locked down, you know, everybody. But um, that will be interesting that he goes and plays against his old his old teammates this week. Yeah, you're talking about Jake Bailey, sophomore cornerback, yeah. plays some receiver, five ten, one seventy seven. Um, so yeah, good good uh, point there, Scotty. Hey. Uh, 